0: It's, uh, it's really lovely to see you and uh, get the chance to be able to share with you for a few moments this morning. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name's Ian and uh, I serve here in this fellowship. And just as uh, kind of uh, practical things just to start with, just wanted to mention that um, later this week um, I'll uh, be taking a couple of days holiday, which is controversial I realise, but there, yeah, so good news, my, my brother who lives in Canada is, uh, is coming over for a little visit. So um, just to say that if, I, um, if I'm slow at responding to communication towards the end of the week, uh, that's, that's what that's about, not my normal incompetence. <laughs> uh, we are going to think for a few moments this morning about Mark chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, that's where we're going to be uh, in Mark chapter 1 and primarily in verse 1. So over the last few weeks, we have been in Luke's Gospel and we're making our way through the Gospel of Luke. But then once a month, we, uh, we just zoom out for a moment or two. And we remind ourselves of the big picture of the Bible, the big idea. This new beginning that Jesus offers us, this new start, this new life. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're reminding ourselves of that incredible truth of the new start that Jesus offers us. And life is full of new beginnings, isn't it? There's lots of new things that we, uh, that we begin to do, that we start to do. A new series that we start to watch on Netflix or, or Prime or whatever. A, a new uh, exercise routine, perhaps. Uh, a new cereal for the mornings. I'm currently starting something new. I'm starting a new thing where I'm trying not to eat anything after my evening meal. It's a, it'll be a relatively short-lived <laughs> experiment, I think, because it's thoroughly miserable. <laughs> but life is full of these kind of new things, these new starts. But some of them are much more significant. A new job, a, a new house, a new school. And some new starts in life just change everything. And they tend to be the new starts where somebody new enters our life. Maybe we, we become engaged. Maybe we, we choose to adopt. Maybe a, there's a new baby arrived in the family. And it's a new start that changes everything. And we're going to look at, in Mark's gospel at, at, at a new start that Jesus offers. A new start that changes everything. Mark was the first gospel to be written. And it's a, it's a, a fast-paced, action-packed gospel And I want to read the first uh, few verses for us, and then we'll spend a few minutes thinking about them. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sin. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "You are my son, whom I love; with you I am well pleased." At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, where he was and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. Let's pause there for a moment. So there's Mark, the the first gospel to be written, saying there's a new beginning, there's something new happening. There's something new as, as Jesus is entering the scene. And we want to explore that for a moment or two and see what that means for us, what a new beginning with Jesus would look like for us. Controversially this morning, there are three things that I want us to look at. And the first is this. This is a new beginning which reminds us of an old story, a new beginning that reminds us of an old story. I wonder if you noticed, as we went through Mark's gospel there, we went through those 13 verses, how many echoes there was to the beginning of Genesis. How many kind of shadows and reflections of of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, there was in those verses. Genesis chapter 1 begins, In the beginning. Mark begins his gospel with the beginning of the good news. Genesis chapter 1 begins with, in the beginning, God. Mark starts with the beginning of the good news about Jesus. And as we carry on reading through Mark's gospel, we'll see that Jesus is God. That Jesus is God who has stepped into this world that he's created in order to save it. Genesis chapter one begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So there's this emptiness, this this, um, almost wilderness sort of picture in Genesis. And Mark starts his gospel in the wilderness, The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters in Genesis chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, as Jesus has been baptised, the Spirit descends on him, descends over the waters like a dove. There's these these reflections, these shadows, these echoes from Genesis chapter 1. And the story unfolds in Genesis as, as man decides to turn away from God and leaves Eden is sent out into into the wilderness. And here, as Jesus is filled, Jesus, who is God, has come to rescue us, has come into this world, is filled by the Spirit, and goes out into the wilderness. He goes out to where Adam has been sent. He goes out to rescue Adam, and he goes out to find him. He goes out to find mankind. And so we want to just recognise, as we, as we begin the gospel, that the kind of big picture of the Bible is, we start with God creating the world. God makes the world and he makes it, he makes it well. What he makes is good. He speaks it into, into being. And he, and he forms a good world. And he makes us, and he makes us good. He, he's formed us and, and, and fashioned us. There's creation. But there's a problem. Sin enters the world. We take we 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 are in relationship with God. We're in uh, things start well. There's 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 um, there's peace. There's order. There's beauty. There's creativity. There's work. There's goodness. But as sin enters the world, all sorts of consequences come online. There is brokenness. There is violence. There is pain. As, as, this, uh, as the effects of sin kick in, it, the world becomes chaotic and selfish and painful and broken. We have creation, but then there's this decreation, if that's a word. There's this brokenness kicks in. And this new beginning that Jesus offers is, is to come and undo the work of sin. It's recreation. He's come to heal, to save, to restore, to redeem. That's why this new beginning is so significant. So what, what, does this, what does this mean for us here today? It means that God has made us, that he's created us. We're not accidents. We're not here by chance. We're not a mistake. Let's change that we to you or to I. That we are here, that, that, that we're here on this earth. Not, not as a mistake or by chance, but you've been made and fashioned by God. We've been created by him in his image. There is a significance and a worth and a value that we carry because we're made in his image. There's, a, there's, a, there's an important beauty that we have. This new beginning reminds us of the old story. But this new beginning also builds on the old story. It's a new beginning that builds on the old story. Jesus doesn't enter the scene, um, uh, kind of randomly parachuting his way into to planet Earth. Actually, he, his coming had been foretold all through the Old Testament. As as mankind started to get used to what it was to to, to live and the effects of sin, then then God started to 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 create in within us this desire for for us to be saved, to, he said to reach out to us. And and as we as we see in these verses, Jesus is the one who has been foretold. Is one who was to come in to our story, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. The, Jesus, who's stepping in to save us, is the one who's been promised. He's the one who's been promised. Messiah is a Hebrew term. It means chosen one or anointed one. And, and as you read through the Old Testament, we see that God started to, to, to foretell that somebody's coming in to rescue us. Somebody's coming in to save us because we can't do this by ourselves. Sin has been so destructive, so painful, so catastrophic that we need to be saved. And we can't do it ourselves. In the Old Testament, God sent people to help us understand that. He gave us kings. People who would lead the people. People who would shepherd. And if you were to be a king in the Old Testament, you were anointed. He gave the people priests. People who were to stand between the people and God. People who were to represent the people before God. and, and, And to teach the people about God. And if you were to be a priest, you were anointed. And he sent them prophets, people to, to speak to the people on behalf of God. And if you were a prophet, you were anointed. And now we have the perfect prophet, priest and king. Jesus, who is the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who will come to rescue. And we know that he, it's, it's his time. We know that this is the one who's been foretold. Because Mark darts straight in. It's very characteristically Mark in how he operates. He doesn't give us any detail about Jesus' birth or young life. Just straight in. And it says, uh, this is uh, verse 2. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I'll send my messenger ahead of you. He'll prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. This is how we know the, the, the promised rescue is coming. Because... The one who has gone before him is making a way for him. John the Baptist has come preparing the way. And it's fascinating how he does it, isn't it? If we were to have a little breakout meeting now, and we were to gather around and we'd start to think about, okay, how can we go and take a message to Camforth? We might think of practical things like, well, we need to, to dress in a way that you know, people will respect us and we can connect with them. Then we go to where people are, you know don't expect people to come to you you go to where they are and uh, make friends build bridges look for connections and share a message and uh, look at what john the baptist does he 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 is an unusual chap isn't he 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 wears camel's hair and a leather belt it eats locusts and wild honey he he doesn't go to where people are he goes into the wilderness and says if you want to listen you come to me and people in their droves leave the cities to go and listen to him. And it's not because he's got a message that is kind of nice to hear. Come to me because I'm going to tell you how great you are, how wonderful you are. He's like, come and hear me speak. And let me tell you, you need to repent. You need to turn around. What you're doing is wrong. You need to confess your sin. And in their droves, people go. Because this this is the sign. This is the sign that Jesus is coming. This is the sign that the coming rescuer is here. Because the one who's gone before him is preparing the way. And he's telling people they need to repent. Repent just means to turn 180 degrees. If you're walking this way, to repent would be to turn around and to walk this way. Somebody once said repentance is where God taps you on the shoulder to tell you you're looking the wrong way. Repentance is where God taps you on the shoulder to tell you you're looking the wrong way. You're looking away from me, not looking towards me. And that's his message. So what what does that, does that, that mean for us? This new beginning builds on the old story. The new beginning that Jesus offers, if we invite him into our lives, builds on what has gone before. He doesn't come into our lives to, and then erase our memory of all the things that have happened beforehand. But he comes in to restore, to heal, to change, and to transform. That moving, There's something important before we move forward about looking back. And looking back, we see, actually, I need a saviour. I need a saviour. I, I can't do it by myself. I've tried and I've tried hard and I've tried wholeheartedly, but I can't do it. I need a saviour. A new beginning that Jesus offers reminds us of the old story. That we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It builds on the old story because it shows us how we need a saviour. We need, we need the Lord Jesus. And thirdly and finally, the new beginning that Jesus offers changes our story completely. It changes our story. There's lots we could look at, but let's just look at verse 7. This is John talking about the Jesus who is coming. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Just to notice a couple of things about who this Jesus is. What a new life with him might be like. Firstly, John says he's more powerful than I. I'm not worthy to to stoop down and, and undo his sandals, as it were. This Jesus who is coming is so much bigger, so much better than anyone else. This was spoken in a time where it wasn't uncommon to have a a, a rabbi, a teacher, and he would have his disciples or his followers or his apprentices, people who would be with him, who would model their lives on him, who would learn his teaching and serve him. And and we know from kind of outside the Bible that, that followers of a teacher would, in their service of him, could be asked to do lots of things. But one thing that they wouldn't be asked to do would be to change his his shoes, to change his sandals. And what John's saying here is that Jesus is so much bigger. He's so much better. He's so much more powerful. He's so much, he's, he, is the, he is what we've been waiting for. He's the one who can make the difference. He's the one who can transform us. He, it's all about him. He's not just a bit better than John or a slightly better teacher. He is God. And he's come to save us. And then he says, "I baptize you with water, but he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit." And we can wonder, what, what does that mean? Baptism was a word that was used um, for things before we kind of adopted it in the church. And so to, to, to baptize would be to immerse something in something else so that it takes on its characteristics. Let let me give you a couple of examples. If you were living in the ancient world and you were in the textile industry, you might have some some white cloth. But you don't want white cloth, you want purple cloth. So you baptize the white cloth into purple dye so that the cloth takes on the characteristics of the dye. Or, or, Or a ship sailing on the sea. If the ship sank, it might be said that the ship was baptized into the sea. Because if the ship sank down, the sea is in the ship. And the ship is in the sea. that The two are not the same. But, but one is so immersed in the other. That it takes on its characteristics. Or, or metal in a furnace. As the metal glows red hot. You could say the metal is baptised in the furnace. Because the, the metal is in the, fir- is in the fire. And the fire is in the metal. And so this salvation, this new start that Jesus offers, Jesus who is so big, is so good, he's, he's God, he's so beyond anybody else. But we are saved, not so that we can perform for him, not so that we can achieve things for him, but so that we can walk with him. We're saved so that we can be in him and he can be in us. That we can journey life Together, that I can be in Christ and Christ will be in me. I can be in the spirit and the spirit is in me. It, it, it's a fellowship with a living God. It, it's a God who's created us and made us. It's a God who sees the, the devastation that sin has, has, has wreaked in our lives And hasn't left us or abandoned us, but comes into that situation and offers recreation, offers hope, restoration, redemption. So that we can walk with him, so that we can journey with him, that we can be reconnected with him. And the way that Jesus will do that is by by living this remarkable and and humble life and then die in this cruel and agonizing death. In our place that he'll he'll pay the price for sin that we go free that is the the the, 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 big st- the big story that is the new beginning that Jesus offers and we're going to continue to reflect on that in a moment or two as we're going to share communion. we're going to sing in a couple of moments' time and then're uh, we're going to, we're going to uh, remember this price that Jesus paid that we can have this remarkable new life. As the band take their place on the stage, I want to read you a story which, uh, which perhaps illustrates what we've been exploring this morning. It's a story about a mother and daughter. Uh, the mother is called Maria, and Christina is the daughter. Longing to leave her poor Brazilian neighborhood, Christina wanted to see the world. Discontent with having a home, only having a wooden pallet on the floor, a wash basin and a wood-burning stove, she dreamed of a better life in the city. One morning, she slipped away, breaking her mother's heart. Knowing what life on the streets would be like for her young, attractive daughter, Maria hurriedly packed to go and find her. On the way to the bus stop, she entered a drugstore to get one last thing. Photographs. She sat in the photo booth and closed the curtain and spent all that she had on photographs of herself. She boarded the next bus for Rio. Maria knew that Christina had no way of earning money. She also knew that she was too stubborn to give up. When pride meets hunger, a human will do things that were before unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. Bars, hotels, nightclubs, any place that had a reputation for streetwalkers or prostitutes, she went to them all. At each place, she left a little picture taped to a bathroom mirror, tacked to a hotel bulletin board, fastened to the corner of the phone booth. And on the back of each photo, she left a note. It wasn't too long before the money and the photos had run out and Maria had to go home. The weary mother wept as the bus began its long journey back to her small village. It was a few weeks later that young Christina descended the hotel stairs. Her young face was tired, and her brown eyes no longer danced with youth but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was broken. Her dream had become a nightmare. A thousand times over, she'd longed to trade these countless beds for that secure pallet. Yet the little village was, in so many ways, too far away. As she reached the bottom of the stairs, her eyes noticed a familiar face. She looked again, and there in the lobby window was a small picture of her mother. Christina's eyes burned, and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the small photograph. Written on the back was this compelling invitation. Whatever you have done. Whatever you have become. It doesn't matter. Please come home. And she did. This is the, this is the gospel. This is the story. We've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Not an accident. We're not a mistake. God has made us. Sin has caused devastation in our lives. And that is true. And we know it so well. But Jesus has given everything that he might come into our lives to restore and redeem. This This is the gospel. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Let's stand as we sing.